Coming up, Donald Trump is indicted again. We discuss how soon you can expect him in jail. In Need to Know, we're heading to the Caribbean for pride, but it ain't all rainbows. In all the feels, is it true that once you taste dick, you never go back? And in Gotta Do, it's nomination season. We have a question for your consideration. The podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your very best life. This right here is Ward and Webster. How you doing, Bianca? Today's episode of Warden Webster, you're not going to keep missing out on my letter. Today's episode of Warden Webster is brought to you by the letter N. Today I'm feeling neutral. You feel what? <laughs> neutral. Okay. Now, with, with, with this great lineup of topics, how can you possibly feel neutral? I mean, I feel I, great. I know you do because there's like penis sprinkled throughout today. So you are... Um, <laughs> In your elements, as we would say. Oh, am I the only one here that likes penis? Are we doing that today? <laughs> Choices. Um, I am. I don't know. I am tired. It has been. It has been a busy week with like work and um, the animals over here in the country house. Child, the cat is. You know, my cat is seventeen years old. For folks who don't know, I have a seventeen-year-old cat which is 85 in human years. And she is letting me know that she is um, she is old and things are happening to her body. Y'all keep her on the sick and shot and keep her on the prayer list. <laughs> I'm just so tired, but I'm here. A federal grand jury in the Southern District of Florida returned an indictment under seal against Donald J. Trump, one of their own citizens, because he currently lives in Florida. The former president has been charged, we believe, with three different offenses. I'm going to read to you from Politico, Bianca, the charges that we believe are in this indictment. I say believe because the indictment is under seal probably until Tuesday when the former president is scheduled to appear in court. Reading here from Politico, the indictment is under seal for now, but it is said to contain seven criminal counts. One of Trump's attorneys, Jim Trusty said in television interviews Thursday night that he had seen a summons document from prosecutors that summarized the laws Trump is being charged under. Those laws include a provision of the Espionage Act that prohibits the retention of classified materials, a statute that prohibits the obstruction of an official proceeding, a statute that prohibits falsifying or destroying records pertinent to a federal investigation and statutes prohibiting false statements and conspiracy. So Bianca, based on that reporting from Politico, we can discern that he's probably charged with making false statements, obstruction of justice, violations of the Espionage Act, and falsifying or destroying records. So all of those are things that are within the realm of possibility once we see the indictment. If the former president is found guilty under these charges, up to 20 years in the federal pen could be in order for Donald J. Trump. And I can't think of a better place to send him. Now, before I, before I mute myself and let you speak, I want to remind you and the wonders that this is just one of several investigations into the criminal enterprise that is Donald Trump. Just to review, 
he is already under indictment in New York for hush money payments to a porn star. He is under investigation in Georgia for um, all sorts of election fraud where he tried to find some votes to beat Joe Biden, even though Joe Mm -hmm. Biden had won the election. He is under investigation in Washington, D.C. for his role in the insurrection on January the 6th. Mm. And this whole Florida thing is because him and Melania took those boxes of records down to Mar-a-Lago and wouldn't give them back. So he's got all kinds of criminal, uh, all kinds of legal jeopardy. This is just the second shoe of probably four or five shoes to drop. And as I always say, a black man could never, could never, because I, I look, look, <sighs> will we see any real, would we even see jail time for Trump? Would we even see guilty convictions? In in our lifetime, do you think that Donald Jerome Trump (laughs) will um, will ever go to jail, will ever spend time in the federal pen? If it were one case in one jurisdiction, I would say no. But Bianca, I wanna, again, we have at least four cases in four different jurisdictions. So now you have to say, well, if New York doesn't get him, then DC will get him. If DC doesn't get him, then Florida will get him. If Florida doesn't get him, then Georgia will get him. Like there's so many opportunities for him to land in jail. We don't need all four of them to hit. Just if just one of them comes back guilty, he's going to jail. So I think the issue here is not this singular case his issue is that he's got multiple cases in multiple jurisdictions. That's the problem. Yes. Okay. So I want I want all the powers of this these states to combine and put him to jail somewhere, because you know I I remember when we talked about this earlier, um, whenever it was, and I think it was even a political article or something that was like, okay, well, what does this mean for his campaign what does this mean like it's all of these things but he still can run but he still can you know so what does this mean now with these with this new indictment for his political campaign there is no provision in the constitution that prevents a person in jail from seeking office if you were arrested today bianca you could still run for president tomorrow there's nothing stopping you i think What the framers assumed is that the people would not elect someone who is in jail or who has been accused of crimes. But but technically, even if Trump is in jail, he can still run for president and technically he could still win. This story is less about Trump and more about us. It's more about and when I say us, I mean the Republican Party and I mean the politic of America right now. In no sane society would Donald Trump still be a viable candidate for the presidency, given just even before we even get to the trial, just the mere fact that he's been charged should disqualify him from consideration. But as you know, the Republican Party, they are completely run amok. They don't care. They they don't care. There's no other way to say it. I think that we can probably expect that his poll numbers to rise in response to this, because all the Republicans last night were saying, oh, well, this is Joe Biden's Justice Department and they're weaponizing the Justice Department and blah, 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 blah. For those of you who don't follow politics and the law closely, let me just let me let me just explain to you real quick. Donald Trump was indicted by a grand jury in the state of Florida that had nothing to do with Joe Biden. 
That had nothing to do with Jill Biden. That had nothing to do with Merrick Garland. That is separate and apart. That's how it works. When you're indicted, a jury of your peers called a grand jury, they're the person that indicts you. Okay, so it is false. When you hear people saying, oh, Joe Biden did this and Merrick Garland did that, they didn't do anything. All they did was brought the indictment that the grand jury gave them and said, okay, that's it, that's all. So this is a normal, this is due process. This is what it looks like. When Donald Trump goes on trial, he'll have a jury of his peers sitting in judgment and that jury of his peers will decide his fate. Joe Biden won't be on the jury. Merrick Garland won't be on the jury. Kamala Harris won't be on the jury. It will be a jury of his peers. That is how our justice system works. Who are his peers? <laughs> I don't even know if I want them on the jury because I feel like that is also mess. <laughs> I am, as always, cautiously optimistic. And we will see how it unfolds because I don't know. I want to see, I want to see justice. I want to see. Ugh, I want him, I want to see him under the jail. I'm just tired of, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just tired of his existence. The fact that like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? It, I, I just, I got nothing. I am so tired of Donald Trump. Why don't we move on to pride? We'll keep you all updated on when to expect him in jail. Mm-hmm. As soon as I know, you know, I'm gonna let y'all know. We're moving on. <laughs> What kind of function would we have? <laughs> what kind of parade in the street? We're gonna have, you know what? We're gonna have gold-plated. Um, we're gonna have, we're gonna wear gold because he loves gold. We're gonna he wear gold it. all over our body. We're gonna have some gold lame. Everything's gonna be gold lame, and we're just gonna have a good old time. And you know who we're gonna have be the grand marshal of the J- Trump going to jail parade? <laughs> Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> Oh my God, I can. <laughs> oh, what a time. She would be right there, ready. I could see it in a gold lame gown, in a gown, okay? In a gown. <sighs> Moving us right along. June is not only Pride, it's also Caribbean Heritage Month, but what does it really mean to be queer in the Caribbean? So last week, I actually teased, I was like, oh, it's Pride and Caribbean Heritage Month. I might sprinkle some Jamaican gays in there. But it really just got me thinking about Time Magazine once called Jamaica the most homophobic place on earth, literally. And the due to the laws, the violence um, against, against the LGBT community community in Jamaica. And so I'm going to talk about the criminalization, but then also sprinkle a little hope because there really are some organizations, um, not just in Jamaica, but throughout the Caribbean that are really trying hard to do some really great work. So just for a little context, the laws that are on the books throughout the Caribbean as it relates to um, homosexuality, etc., <sighs> come from the fucking British colonial. <laughs> That colonialism, man, they came in literally with their laws. Wait, um, wait, wait. The colonizers wait. came and brought their no gay laws. Wait, so two things. I need to know, you have a number of stories here in our arc. So which story are you on? And then number two, are you actually going to blame the white people for the anti-gay laws that are in the Caribbean? Is that what you, is that where you're going with this? Because they literally man. brought them. <laughs> Oh, Bianca. Bianca. We will circle back to that. Which story are you on? Hold on, because they brought their Christianity and their laws. Let me tell you which one we're going to go to first. Mm. (laughs) Go to 
Okay, so, and it really is throughout the Caribbean. So the first article that I'm going to talk about comes from Pink News. And so recently, um, in like 2021 and 2022, some islands in the Caribbean have been overturning their um, their law, their, as they're called, buggery and serious indecency laws that are specific to sexual acts. And so it says Section 12 and 15 of the Sexual Offenses Act of 1995 were inherited from British colonial rule and criminalized penetrative sex and other sexual acts between consenting, consenting adults. So you will find there is a, um, and we'll drop some links, but I think it's even in the human... Dignity Trust. I think they give a very thorough history of of the laws that came from the <laughs> came from the colonizers to all of these different countries, but some very very specific laws, um, the buggery laws, the uh, indecencies that were very specific about same sex sex, same sex penetration, same sex um, indecency, as they call it. And a lot of these laws are still on the books. So just for, for context, there are six islands in the Caribbean that still have anti-gay laws on the books. And so I am on the Human Dignity Trust website. Those countries are Dominica, Grenada, Guyana, Jamaica, of course, St. Lucia, <laughs> and St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. And so, for example, in a lot of the, the laws, the maximum punishment is 10 years imprisonment. This, for some of the countries, it used to be 15 years imprisonment with hard labor in the human, the, so the Human Dignity Trust, they do a lot of mapping and information specifically about countries where lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans people are criminalized. And one of the things they says is in 66 countries, so it's not just Jamaica, because they have a very detailed map where you can see all of the laws on the books in Africa, in Asia, in the Pacific, etc. So in 66 of these countries, jurisdictions criminalize private, consensual, same-sex sexuality. The majority of these jurisdictions explicitly criminalize sex between men via sodomy, buggery, as it's also called, and unnatural offenses. Um, almost half of them are in the Commonwealth districts, Commonwealth jurisdictions, sorry. And then 41 of the countries are specific um, around sexual activity between women. So one thing to note here is that these countries by far have more laws that are that specifically speak to men, but 41 of these countries have laws that speak, specifically speak against lesbianism, sexual relationship with the same sex, gross indecency um, for lesbian and bisexual women as well. The laws are, are, are on the books. Folks are going to jail. One of the things that I was reading is about in Jamaica in terms of folks might not be getting arrested, quote unquote, anymore, but because the violence is so pervasive against the queer community in Jamaica, it's almost like they don't have to arrest you because people are being murdered or people are being um, beat up by other people, by police. Um, there were countless stories that, that I have heard of and that, I've, that I know of and that I was also reading about 
in terms of what's happening now is like folks using the apps to get especially gay men to come on dates and then robbing them, murdering them, mutilating their genitals, that kind of stuff. So it is sure you may not be arrested and go to jail, but the damage is is significant in a lot of these countries. So as it relates to the app, are these are these police doing entrapment activities? Are these just other are these criminals mm-hmm. trying to attack gay people? Or mm-hmm. is it both? It it's actually it's the it's criminals, yes. But I was also reading an article where it was police not using the app, but police beating up and and yeah, abusing queer men. I see and hear your point about Great Britain and their um, colonization of of the world and how they brought all of this foolishness and fuckery to all of these other places. And currently in Great Britain, uh, homosexuality is not criminalized. So what is preventing these countries now, Bianca, from asserting their independence from the crown and they get to create their own laws? They are not under the oppression of the king anymore. So they can mm-hmm. have whatever laws they want to have around homosexuality. So if they have laws on the books that criminalize gay people, that's their choice. That has nothing to do with coloniz- with colonialism. I think it's also, but I think it's also so ingrained in culture. Um, the, the laws, religion, a lot of this is also stems from Jamaica. I remember once reading that Jamaica had like more churches per like square mile than anywhere in the world like it's like the 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 role that religion that christianity plays in a lot of these these countries also many times brought by the colonialism (laughs) um and the colonizers um is just a huge impact on the way people think people move the decisions they make etc so it's 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 ingrained and so how do you yes you can change yes you can change the laws and say okay they're not under british rule anymore but in a sense the damage is already done i have to reject that i'm sorry Hmm. so we we have seen a number of commonwealth countries leave the commonwealth they have literally declared their independence from great britain and they're saying look we don't want to be a part associated with your foolishness and fucker anymore. We are leaving all of this behind. Every few years, you see countries leave the Commonwealth. So if they have the mindset of we can leave completely, leave the Commonwealth altogether, then I don't understand why they can't apply that same mindset to humanitarian efforts within their country. And it is no one's fault but their own that they continue to treat queer people as less than people. Now, I fault them and only them. Because if, if you have the wherewithal to leave the Commonwealth and to declare your independence, then that means you also have the wherewithal to set your own laws and to treat each citizen as a free citizen. And if you're not doing that, it's your fault. It's not the fault of anyone else. And so I can't allow them to pass the blame to the white people because they brought it to your shores. They brought religion. They brought all of this foolishness, fuckery. They may have, but they're gone. And you've left the oppression of the king. And so now you're doing your own thing. So you can do your own thing. These people, I believe, are criminalizing queer people because they want to, because they don't want to see us as free and equal people. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. Well, you can straighten me completely out if you disagree. <laughs> I think there is, I, I, I see, I, I, 
I hear you. Let me first start there. I hear you. And I wish it were, I wish it were that simple to just to also to change a mindset, right? That have that people have now had and adopted for hundreds of years. So I if if that if it were that easy, again, there wouldn't be 66 countries. So outside of the Caribbean, because the majority of the countries with these laws on the books are in Africa. So there still wouldn't be so many countries that are willing to some some of them it is a death penalty it is a death penalty (laughs) so you can't and I think a lot of that is again also steeped in religion 100% in Uganda it is you can go Mm -hmm. to jail for even advocating let me be clear you can go to jail in Uganda for even advocating for gay rights you can be executed for being caught in the act so we're, this is some serious business we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. These are serious humanitarian atrocities against other human beings. I just feel like it is very easy to kind of pass the book and say, well, this is, this is what, this is how people think it's ingrained in their thinking. So have a, so develop a new way of thinking. I don't think it's asking too much to see your fellow human being as a full and fledged human being. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say that that's the basic thing that we should be doing with people. I shouldn't have to convince you that your fellow man or woman is a whole person. And if I do need to convince you, you're the problem. And that's it. That's all. And so I'm not (laughs) interested. I'm not interested in how your God tells you this, or I'm not interested in how this is how it's always been. And I'm not interested in how ingrained it is. You are committing atrocities against humanity. That's it. That's all. And you need to change what you're doing right now. And period. There's no, that's it, that's all. (laughs) Yes, 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 and think about here in this here country. Last week we talked about 491 bills that are trying to get passed that specifically go after the LGBTQ community. So in these here United States, we ain't doing no better. We, I mean, we are, but we're not. No, fuck, we're not. (laughs) We're not doing any better. Because we're having the same, it, it's not, it might not look, no, because there's, no, I'm not even going to say it might not look different because, hey, Black trans women are being killed and, and murdered at outstanding numbers, okay? So it is not, we might not have these, oh, you'll go to jail for being gay or executed, but still community are taking matters into their own hands and and folks are are committing these crimes and not being charged right here on these here this here shore well that's a much more complicated situation because we have federalism in the united states and so there's federal laws and then there's 50 state laws and so a lot of the statutes that you mentioned are under consideration in the legislatures the vast majority of those are not law and will not become law i think my point is that We have a process here where we have a debate around what should be enshrined into law and what shouldn't. And sometimes we're going to lose those debates. And in this country, we lose those debates because ignorant people vote for those particular things, not because we have oppressive regimes telling us that it's that's the way that it has to be. If you don't like how Florida is treating you, you could leave Florida and go to another state. Now, I know there's a whole conversation about money and means, but the broader point I'm trying to make is that 
we make choices here broadly about where we want to live and where we don't want to live within the United States, which is why we have some states that are liberal and some states that aren't. But when we come to the federal level, there are no federal laws that would condone the criminalization of same-sex behavior or that would criminalize any person for who they choose to be. And I think when we're talking about our country versus other countries, I think the most, I think the most apples to apples comparison is to look at our federal laws because in most countries, that's how it operates. Most countries don't have this bullshit of all these different states have all these different you know, local laws for the most part. When we talk about the countries we're talking about, they have blanket laws, which I think are most analogous to our federal laws. But yes, I agree with you, Bianca. It's, it's, no, one can, no one can argue that the states aren't doing some crazy shit. Florida, chief among them. Tennessee, chief among mm. them. There's a bunch of mm. states criminalizing trans people. That is actually happening right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I can ever say that we're as bad as some of these other countries that, that, that will send you to jail for even advocating for trans people. I mean, night and day, night and day. Mm-hmm. 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 I do want to highlight and uplift some of the, uh, again, some of the good works <laughs> that that are being done and in, in very recently. So a few islands in particular in the Caribbean um, in the past, 2022 and 2021 uh, specifically overturned their anti-LGBTQ laws. And that was Barbados, St. Kitts and Nevis and Antigua. So it's good to see that, like you said, movement is happening and, and change is happening slowly, slowly, but surely. So I want to and on a on a positive note and just uplift some of the organizations that I found um, that are doing some some great work in the Caribbean. And also all of these organizations are accepting donations. So <laughs> feel free to put your uh, privileged coins uh, behind some of these great causes. One of the first being ECAID, which actually really were the ones that were leading um, some of the legislation in Barbados and St. Kitts and Antigua where these laws were overturned recently. So the Eastern Caribbean Alliance for Diversity and Equity is an independent umbrella of human rights organizations operating in small islands in the Eastern Caribbean from Virgin Islands to Grenada. The Alliance core membership comprises of organizations representing the LGBT community and the subregion, and they were the ones that, like I said, were really working very hard in these countries, in these islands to to overturn these laws and are seeing success. So kudos to them. One of my faves is JFLAG, which is a human rights and social justice organization which advocates for the rights, livelihood, and well-being of LGBT people in Jamaica. I have been fly- following JFLAG for a minute and I love to see it. You know, I mean, I love to see it. They have um, been doing Pride. I think the first Pride might have been 2015. So just the idea. And we talked about this, what, last year when Kenya came on? The idea of having a Pride in Jamaica, whoo, like parades and shows and shit, is brave. And there have been um, actually quite a few since the organization started, I believe in 2008, perhaps. But there have been actually quite a few murders of staff, of leadership from JFLAG for people who are just, again, advocating for the rights. And so the fact that this organization is, is still up and thriving and being very vocal 
about the laws and treatment of, of queer people in Jamaica is I, I applaud them. Um, I follow them on all the socials and I definitely um, be sprinkling my money in their, in their donation kitty. <laughs> so that's uh, J flag. The next one is UC Trans, which is the United Caribbean Trans Organization. It's the first Caribbean trans initiative that encompasses their voices together to advocate on the behalf of Caribbean trans community and to pro promote the protection and recognition of the human rights of trans persons in their region. And so that is, um, UC Trans is kind of a coalition. They have um, representations from a few of the islands, as I said, working on behalf of, of trans folks in the Caribbean. Another one I follow is, I think it's called Transwave. And I think that's an organization in Jamaica as well, that they were doing a kind of a donation drive about two years ago, just uh, to raise money for vehicles for transportation, because it's not safe to be walking around as a trans person. Um, and so they were raising money to be able to buy, buy vans in order to trans people from their home or to um, their kind of drop-in facilities. So again, doing great work. And lastly, I just learned about this one today is Rainbow Railroad just as it sounds like underground, but gay. Rainbow Railroad is a global nonprofit organization that helps at-risk LGBTQIA plus people get to safety worldwide. Based in the United States and Canada, they're an organization that helps LGBTQI plus people facing persecution based on their sexual orientation, gender identity, and sex characteristics. And Rainbow Railroad, literally on their website, it's like a kind of a, like a get help now button that folks can press and put in information about where they are, what they're experiencing. And it's it's sort of a, a coalition of folks that help people to get out of their dangerous circumstances and relocate them if possible. One of the former, he was in leadership at JFLAG. He was uh, beat up by the police in front of a mob of 200 people for being gay. And he was then able to move out of Jamaica to Canada. And I don't know if it was Rainbow Railroad that helped them, but Rainbow Railroad was talking about specifically um, situations like these where it is unsafe and they are helping folks to um, get to safety literally worldwide. So it's, it's, it's huge. There's so much, it's very layered. There's so much steeped into it. Um, it is, it's bigotry. It's um, homophobia. It's white supremacy, it's colonialism, it's religion, it's hate for fellow human beings. But there's also, I wanted to uplift these because there are also organizations that are doing the work despite um, the violence that's being brought to, to staff in these organizations, despite the death threats, despite all of the things that they could be facing are still thriving. There's also some, a few great HIV organizations in DC that are, um, not in DC, listen to me now, <laughs> in Jamaica that, um, that are doing great work also. On our social media this week, we will be highlighting each of the organizations that Bianca just name-checked in this show. So follow us on Twitter and on, what's that one you run? I don't know if I'll run it, but Instagram, I'm going to make sure I uplift it this week. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram this week, as we will be profiling <laughs> these courageous organizations in the Caribbean. And despite 
my mood earlier on about the situation in the Caribbean. These are our brothers and sisters. We love them. We stand with you. And especially Bianca, who is, you know, originally from there. Let's get on to this because <laughs> just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> women love women and most folks are on board with that. But what happens when men love men? In this week's All the Feels, we tackle the complexities and double standards that come into play when straight men love dick too. I recently had a conversation with a blended group of friends. And when I say blended group of friends, there was gay men in the group. There was women in the group. There was white people in the group. You know, I, I tend to run in circles where at any given time, it could be a blended situation. Non-blended just mean like all Black folks are all, you know, whatever. This was truly blended. All, all kind of folks sitting at the table. I don't actually remember how we got onto the topic, but someone asked one of the women in the group, oh, how would you feel if your guy wanted to hook up with another guy as opposed to you hooking up with another woman? Like, would you feel the same way if he, if he brought a woman into the group or if he brought a man into the group? So if you can follow that through line, Bianca, we have a couple, they're bringing in a third. It's a guy and a girl. When there's, a, when there's two women and one guy, the woman is like, well, this is great. The guy's like, this is great. The question was, what if he wanted to bring a guy and not only was the guy going to be there for your pleasure, but for his. And one of my female friends said, I'm paraphrasing. She says, well, that's not going to work for me because once you get a taste of dick, you ain't never want to give it. You're not going to ever want to give it up. And I don't want a man who's in that situation. So that type of situation would not work for me. And this is a woman who is very open-minded. She could go with men, women, or both. She's, she's all about it. She, could, she would be comfortable with her guy with another girl. But if he's trying to get the dick too, she wasn't comfortable with that. And Bianca, for the next, I don't know how many minutes, we dived into that because I had never crossed my mind. But I was like, this is a very interesting conversation. And I feel like there's a lot of complexity here. There's a lot of double standards here. And I wanted to get to the root of what that's about. And I wanted to know, I wanted to just pose the question to you because I feel like maybe you can help me and the wonders understand from like the woman's perspective, what's that about? Like, is the fear that he might be gay? Like, like what is that about? And is it true that once you have a little taste or a little feel of, <laughs> or a little feel of the dick, then, that, then that's it, that's all. You're, you're, you're permanently gone into that direction. Is that true? I don't. As a, as only I, mean, I can't you, answer I mean, that. You've been. <laughs> I can't answer because that's all I've that's all I've ever known. So I yeah, guess yeah. maybe we need to ask um, a bi man. Ah. <laughs> but just what is what what has been your experience? Has this ever come up with your girlfriends in any sort of capacity? I think there is a clear double standard. Like that. That is that. Taylor's old son. Hello, we just said that there were 66 countries specifically that were like, no, men cannot do this. <laughs> but only 41 that mentioned women. Okay. So it is very clear <laughs> that um and that that is, I don't know why that is. What is it about the the idea or the notion of two men that makes it I don't want to say difficult to to comprehend or appreciate, but but to women it's oh that's hot. 
Like, I don't know where that come. Where does that come from? Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you another question. I don't know. But let me ask you another mm-hmm. question. Before you were married, before you settled down, if you found out, if, if, if somehow it came to your attention mm-hmm. that a male partner was getting dicked down, <laughs> I mean, dicked down, and then you, he wanted to holler at you, would you, would you have, would that, would you have been okay with that? I don't know. I don't know if it, okay, let me say this. There's so many questions to that. Cause it's like, are we in an open relationship? Are we, you, I don't know if I want you beginning, as you said, dicked down and me there. Like, <laughs> I, no, no, I no, 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 not, not you there. You just mm. became aware that he, that maybe he likes dick as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just, that's just his space that he's in. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's obviously, you know, I think that's fine. The question right. is, are you comfortable with having a partner who loves the dick as much as you? That's really the question. I think I'm okay with that. I, I would think that if I were a woman, I would be too, but I kind of get why that's not, I can, I can see why someone wouldn't be, if that makes sense, because I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with the right way to convey it. What were you about to say? I feel I like you just you had a, 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 a point. Yeah. Because I, I feel like the same way your friend was like, once they get dick, there's no coming back. <laughs> there's no coming back. But you could say the same thing if he's with another woman who got that ill. Nah, nah, he might not come back either. So it, I don't. I don't even know if it's really the. Is it so much the gender of the other person, or is it the 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 sex or the experience that will keep them over there? Or is it is it a fear of I'm gonna lose? Is it a fear of? I don't want to lose my man to a, to another man. Like, I feel like, I feel like what undergirds that comment of once you get dick, you're never coming back is it's, it's fear of either that or he's gay or something about his masculinity. Like it's, there's a lot of unspokenness that undergirds that comment to me when I hear it, because if you're saying that you would be comfortable with your man, with another woman, whether you're there or not, and that that's that type of thing is not, you don't feel any sort of way about that. But if he want to go sit on a dick, then suddenly you're in your feelings. What is that about? Where does that come from? And to me, it can only come from a few places, either you feeling like you're going to lose another man to other men, you feeling like he's not really uh, all that straight, or you feeling that, I don't know, it has to be something in that in that lane, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And you have mentioned, um, I'm using your words, getting dick down and sitting on a dick. <laughs> so does it matter if your man is a top and not a bottom? Um, Do you think that brings another element to it? I don't think I, she didn't say, and I don't, I don't okay. think it matters. So whether he's okay. sucking the dick or not, or getting <laughs> sucked or not, I don't think, I don't think it really matters. I think the point is, is that now I will say this, when she said, when she said, once you try dick, you never come back. That immediately hit me in my soul. Cause I was like, that is the truth. Now I don't know nothing about the, whether or not they're gay, or I don't know nothing about the insecurities that, that women have, but it is absolutely the truth. But if you ever get a little taste of the D I C K you are hooked. There's no such thing as, oh, I'm giving it up. Bitch, what? You're not giving it up. And I see tons. I see tons. I've met, I have a lot of women friends who can, who can enjoy women, who appreciate women and who love women. If they were cis head women most of their life, they ain't never giving that dick up. Point me in the direction. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, do you know any bi men? Oh, unfortunately. I think that'd be an interesting question. So unfortunately, I surround myself with a lot of queens. And as far as I know, (laughs) they are fully gay. 
when I say polygamy, I don't think that they entertain women. So I don't believe that I have any mm. bisexual men. I think by I think by men operate in different circles. And I think for the most part, this is me um generalizing because I don't I don't know for sure, but I think they operate in straight spaces, if I'm being honest. Mm. I don't know that bi men would be would be at you know brunch with me and my friends. I think, I think like they operate <laughs> in just different spaces. <laughs> Not that gay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that a bi man, a true bi man would even fit well into my group. Cause we're just, we're, we're just, we're gay men. And like, that's, you know, we're in gay spaces. We're in the bar. No bi man wants to be in the fucking gay bar with us. <laughs> who says? You that again? Who, I mean, who, why not? Uh, I, I don't know. I, mm, I'm not a gay man. No. But well, maybe, but I, that's, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say, that's not my, that's not been my experience. Now, maybe there is one that we haven't met. I mean, come on, you can come too. I just, I can't imagine <laughs> that that would be anything they would enjoy. I think there's also a lot of, I mean, clearly there's, there's homophobia, but there's, there's stigma. There is so many things about, I mean, oof, didn't we mention one time the, the, the whole idea of the down low and how that ruined things. And so there's just, however, because I was going to go one direction, but I'm going another. I think we are now in an era of more fluidity mm-hmm. with, with sex, with gender, with identity, with expression that I know, uh, at least from what I see on the on the the timelines and things there seems to be just more fluidity and acceptance of bi men or i see i see poly folks by more them. acceptance by cis head women i see cis well i'm not even, i won't call them i see cis women i won't say head because i don't know um i see cis women who are also in relationships and they're usually poly now that i think about it with bi men so I think there, I think there are some places, spaces, all that to say, I think times are are changing and there are areas and spaces where things are more, more fluid and, and welcoming. I think there's a lot of reasons, Bianca, why a cis heterosexual man would not disclose the fact that he's bisexual or enjoy the occasional dicking down. And I think, I think one of the reasons is that cis head women, they don't want that profile as a part of their guy. And I think that men know this. And so they feel like, well, if I told her that she's going to find me less desirable than she does. So I can't share that with her because that's not going to, that doesn't turn her on. And I think at the, I think at the, at a foundational level that a lot of cishead women don't want to imagine their partners being dominated in that way. Like that doesn't make them hot. Now for some, maybe, but I don't think that as a general rule, as a default, I don't think that that's, that's going to be a profile that a lot of women lean into. And I think there's a lot of gender roles. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think that's generally true. And I, and again, there's a lot of reasons why cis heterosexual men may not want to disclose their full kind of repertoire, but one of them being, they don't want to turn off the women that are their primary partners. There is that. I think we also have to think about, and I'm going to just speak Black, Black folk, <laughs> um, because we already know what homo- homophobia looks like in our community. But I think there was also, again, remember 
the 90s and early 2000s where it was, ooh, your man is having sex with other men and going to come home, girl, and bring you HIV. Like, it was all of that messaging as well. So it's a, a lot of, again, fear and stigma and discrimination and all that stuff. But I just, I, is it a power dynamic? I don't know. I don't know what it is, actually. This is something for me to for me to ponder. We got to get some some buy-in on this show. <laughs> because again, it's for for women to be bisexual, it just doesn't it it doesn't land the same way of uh disapproval as it does for men. That is the one aspect of it that I'm 100% certain about. Like women with women, a threesome with there being two women in there, that seems to be the most palatable arrangement for all around. It's when two men are involved and particularly when the two men want to have some some play together or when when the woman finds out that the guy likes men and women versus just women. I feel like that's where we get into this this space. And I was just so struck when she said, well, that's not going to work for me because once you like dick, you never come back. And I was just, it, it's, it really stuck with me. I was like, what is that about? How how widespread is that? Is that just a you thing? Or is that like a, is that a Black woman thing? Because she was a Black, she is a Black woman. And so I was just like, I just, I had so many questions about it as to where that comes from and what what's that about. And I think, if I'm being honest, that it has more to do with like the gender roles that, and just how we envision people, Black men in particular. And this mm-hmm. is one of those, this is one of those double standards of, you know, there's certain, even, even amongst open-minded sexually fluid people, we still hold on to this idea of, well, there's some things that if you do, I don't know, I feel some sort of way about that. I don't know. I think it's a thing still. Mm. I wonders what you think. This is a, see now we're going to bring this back in October. <laughs> wonders. <laughs> Let us know what you think, particularly if you have a strong opinion about your cis head partners loving the dick too. How does that land with you? Is it true that once you go dick, you never go back? We want to know. Email us at wardenworks.gmail.com. We will bring this up again during the wanderisms segment. I think we have one in July. And as Bianca mentioned, we will, um, we can maybe revisit this in October. Maybe in October, we can have a bi man on to walk us through his affinity for all things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bi man and you listen to the show and you want to come on, again, wardenwebster at gmail.com. You don't have to come to the branches. We're moving on. In this week's Gotta Do, we need your help to consider our worthiness for the Black Podcasting Awards. Should we throw our bonnets in the ring? Okay, Bianca. So how I found out about this, they liked us. I'm sorry. They started following us on Twitter. And prior to that, I didn't even know that the Black Podcasting Awards existed. And so we followed them back immediately. And then I saw that they were, the nominations period is open for the 2023 Black Podcasting Awards. And and so I was like, hmm, I'm intrigued. Now, let me first, I put a bullet in here around the value of awards versus supporting the Black podcasting community. So let's start there, Bianca. I think you already know, and I think the Wanders know, that I don't really lean into quote unquote awards and kind of like having other people confer upon us our, you know, awesomeness. We are already, we're an iconic podcast. With, mm, we, don't, mm. we don't need some 
some statue from, I'm sorry, some trophy <laughs> from some people we don't even know to tell us that we are great. We are already great. So, you know, that's that. But then the other part of me was like, I can appreciate a community of Black podcasters trying to create a community and celebrate the content that we create and just kind of be in community with one another. So I was, I was like, oh, I can see both sides of this. So I'm going to put it to the wonders, but be... You know, how do you feel about this just in general? Do we even, is this something we need to even talk about? Why are we valuing a quote unquote awards? Or do you land on we're part of this community? Let's lean in. I think, I think it can be both. I think we're part of this community. Let's lean in. An award could be cute or whatever. But I, <laughs> whether we get awards or not, again, iconic. And the people who listen you know, love me, tolerate you. So I think there is definitely, um, I think, I think there's a little bit of space for both. I think this is, I didn't even know about this Black Podcasting Awards until you, until you tell me about it. So maybe, and if so, so how does this work? Is it voting for the show as a whole? Is it a specific episode? Like how, how does this go down? So a couple of things. So if you go to blackpodawards.com, this is where the Black Podcasting Awards is documented. They actually have been giving out awards since 2020. So this will be the the fourth year that these awards have been handed out. And they have quite a few categories, Bianca. If you click on, if you go to the website, if you click on view more where it says the awards, you can see all of the, um, the categories. So they have more than 20 categories. However, It says you can enter as many as five categories. So even though there are 20 categories, we can only enter five. And seven of the 20 categories are open for a public vote in September. Those categories are um, hosting duo, hosting team, network, solo host, sports, and podcast of the year. So those are the awards that literally anyone can vote for. And I think the other awards will be, uh, uh, you know, decided by this association that is doing the awards. Now, the catch here is that it is $40. Did you hear me? $40 per category that you enter. So we are absolutely not entering more than one or two because we don't have any money. Yet. We don't have any We don't have money. any money. <laughs> you could have stand for best duo, but we don't so have these, So these entry fees will keep, will limit which ones we enter. What I wanted to bring to the Wonders' attention was the fact that this existed, and I thought we could ask the Wonders, Bianca, A, should we do this? And B, which category should we enter? And maybe C, Wonders, if you have $40, you want to cash app us. Hey, (laughs) come on, put something in the collection plate. We can enter all categories if the Wanderers sent us the money. So you can also do that too. But I thought it would be a great interactive activity if we just kind of pick the brain of the Wanderers on A, should we do it? And B, what categories? What do you think? Mm, I love that. Tell them the categories one more time because I don't see where you're seeing it. So the award categories, there's quite a few, Bianca. I mean, should I read all of these? Just the ones that pertain, that would pertain to us because we're not fine. Okay, so here, so here are we're some, not of them. Drink. some of them. So there's best arts podcast. Best Blurred Podcast. I don't know what that means. B-L-E-R-D. Oh, you know what? You are a Black nerd. And see, because you knew that. (laughs) Best Comedy Podcast. Best best Culture Podcast. Best Family and Parenting Podcast. Let's enter that one. Because this is a family show, right? We've had your kids off. that. (laughs) This is not that. (laughs) At all. (laughs) Best LGBTQ Podcast. um, (laughs) Best Music Podcast. 
best health and wellness podcast, best news and politics podcast. Now, if they had one for astrology, we would definitely win. Oh, hands down. They have hands down. They have a best sex podcast. I feel (gasps) like I feel like from all of the uh, penis you've talked today, uh, we definitely could. Best duo. I think we get best duo. Best duo. Best crime. Best true crime podcast. Podcast of the year. So there's quite a few cute ones in here. I mean, I feel like we could probably legitimately enter quite a few of these. Like we could we could be in the running for LGBTQ podcast. We could probably be in the running for news and politics. There's there's several that I think we would be competitive in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't they have one for like best shenanigans and tomfoolery? Because that's really <laughs> they need a they need a catch all. Because that's how I feel about us. <laughs> because we talk about so many different things. I mean, that it's a it's a yeah. So that's why I have, feel like maybe we're best duo. Best host yeah, duo. they have one called best fashion and beauty, best um, mm. film and television. I mean, there's so many. We just have to decide where we want to go. So this is where the wonders can be of help yes. to us. Go Please. to blackpodawards.com slash FAQ slash categories and tell us which of these categories that we should enter. Now, keep in mind, they're $40 each. So we might do two, one or two. So be very specific because I want to be very clear. We don't have any money. Unless again, if somebody wants to sponsor us, <laughs> If you want to sponsor a couple, two, three categories, <laughs> we will happily send you <laughs> the cash up thing. It's like a campaign. Donate to our campaign. Let us know by the end of June, by June 30th, you can email us at wardenwebster.gmail.com or you can uh, tag us on social media, hashtag Warden, Ward and Webster. Let us know and then we will enter. They're taking nominations uh, through the end of July and then the awards will be handed out in September. And I think this is, you know, something exciting to look forward to if we actually won an award, Bianca. Oh my God. Can you imagine how I would never let y'all hear the end of it on then what would become the award winning icon? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> it would be, that would be the opening line every single week. And you're welcome. Every single week. Mm, yep. Do it, friends. Let's um recap so I can go to <laughs> so I can go to bed. <laughs> so get let's get on out of here. To recap, it is it is June. It is Pride Month. You know, we're sprinkling pride. Um things all month, but this month we definitely want to uplift our countries in the Caribbean that are making changes, that are starting organizations, that are resilient and bold and strong. We see you and we love you. So we'll definitely be shouting them out this week in all the fields. We want to know, is it true once you get a taste of the dick, you don't go back? What is it? Once you go dick, you never go back? I don't know. Anyway, We've said dick a lot on this show. That is not even my favorite word. <laughs> Wait, what is your favorite word? I say penis because I'm classy. Okay. You are so <laughs> clinical. You are so <laughs> clinical. I, no one sits down to have drinks with their girlfriends and say penis. What are we in biology class? It's dick. <laughs> oh my God. So vulgar, church auntie. Um, but we want to know. And once again, if you are... If you identify as a bisexual man, we want to we want to hear from you. We we are we are curious about your experience. So please slide into our inbox. And then finally, the Black Podcasting Awards is apparently a thing. Should we run? 
are you going to chip in? You can let us know. We would happily take your 40 <laughs> $40 so that we can um, be the award-winning Ward and Webster. See how that even rolls off the tongue? Award-winning. Ward it's going to happen. Webster. I'm going to speak it into existence. The universe wants us to have nice things. It absolutely does. I hope you are reading with us. Our Ward and Webster Better You book club book for June is The Little Book of Queer Icons by Samuel Alexander. We will be reviewing that on June 24th. Continue to follow us on social media and visit wardandwebster.com for new episodes every Saturday. That's where you can get all of this goodness and Isaiah's foul mouth. Um, anything else before we go? Nope, that's it. I'm Isaiah Webster. I am Bianca getting ready for bed for and we're out. Mm-hmm.